Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are widely expected to sign one more center. Which one should they choose? We'll tell you next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks, everybody, for making Lockdown Lakers the first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. No matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with. We're pushing 20,000 people. We're getting real close um, to our subscribers to this channel. Um, really excited. Tons of activity on the YouTube channel over the course of the weekend as free agency kicked off on Friday. Now through the holiday, hope everyone had a great fourth of july holiday do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started so uh those people watching on the youtube channel can see the uh the agenda for today um we mentioned it in the open we're going to talk about centers uh the lakers played their first um summer league game on monday and have another one i believe today forget exactly what time it is, but the second game of the California Classic um, is today, so we'll have more reaction to that. And then it's really interesting, Andy. Um, the Lakers, Damian Lillard's on the uh, the trading block. James Harden's on the trading block. Big dramatic situations that have nothing to do with the Lakers, which is the exception of the rule. Um, you had a good 4th of July, and uh, that's because the 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 you got a real feel, Andy, for how different free agency works now than a few years ago because routinely the Fourth of July was ruined by free agent signings. Things happen so much faster now that by the time you know two three days into this thing, most of the big stuff is already taken care of. Yeah, I, I can recall many a Fourth of July where I showed up to whatever event I was attending. And the entire time I was there, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, am I going to have to leave to write up something? Am I going to have to take some type of phone call, do some type of radio hit, do uh-huh. some type of whatever? Because something is going to break, you know, especially when it's the Lakers, it's always big news. But like you said, uh, it's it's starting to wind down across the NBA. But for the Lakers in particular – they got pretty much everything done in 48 hours, to which I say, yes. thank you, Rob Palenka. Most egregious, by the way, the most egregious violation of our holidays came in 2012 with the acquisition of Steve Nash. But and it didn't even work out like that stupid Sports Illustrated cover and everything. None of it was it was none of it was worth it. They ruined our holiday. And it wasn't worth it. Um, the one thing, though, that's left on the agenda Um most people believe that the Lakers will take the 14th roster spot. They can technically sign two more people, but it is pretty widely expected that they'll leave that 15th spot open um, and go out and get a center. So I have two questions. The first one is, do you, do you think that they have to sign a center if there's a better player available, you know, a wing or in the backcourt, a guy that might be a little bit better than who you can bring in? I, I still think you have to sign another big um but i just I, I i guess it's an assumption that i didn't want to make on your behalf like would you 
would you go center or best available? You know, to use the draft terminology, the best available guy better be a tier above or tier two above the best remaining center. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you have to bring in some size. Like, yeah. okay. even if it's somebody that would be an undersized five, but is a legit four. Like they they need more size on this roster. They've I think they've gotten bigger with playable guys compared to the roster that ended the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. But I still they they need they need one more guy who is six eight or taller. Right. That that replacement of Prince in the rotation for either Walker or Beasley is you know shifts or brown or brown however you're thinking about this torian prince is more of a legitimate four option you know than any of those guys right so um i i agree i just yeah i didn't you know i i I don't think there's any question and especially when you start to look at even the you know guy you know grant williams is out there great lakers can't get him like there's you know some of these potentially useful players although you know he might qualify for what you're talking about but like there's um, you know, there are players who are still unsigned, but the Lakers don't have access to most of them. So with that in mind, um, we thought it would be kind of fun to take a look at who some of these players are. Like when the Lakers are looking at this last spot, who the best available center uh, slash large power forward might be to fill out this roster. Where do you look? Who are the best names out there? Which names make the most sense? Because it's not necessarily purely about talent, um, at least in my mind. So we've both been looking at lists. They're a little sad. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you mentioned it would be fun to do this. Unless you're some type of sicko, frankly, I don't think this is going to be fun at all. Um, I think Fun are... might have been the wrong word. Yeah, we're yeah, coming off they... a holiday, Andy. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm happy. You know, it's like I had a day off work. Monday was even a pretty light day. Like, you know, nobody's doing much. It was, you know, I'm... but you're right. Fun is a... No, it's going to make a lot of people feel not be able to tell. Am I feeling this way because of the list or the July Fourth hangover? Mm-hmm. But you know, there there are a few names out there. To be to be clear, there are a few names out there that I think are serviceable or maybe even intriguing. But a lot of the list is um, not inspiring. One does not get excited by them. We could begin with some familiar faces, Brian. Um, you could bring back Wenyan Gabriel, who okay. I would not be I would not be opposed to doing that. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily the best option out there, but I know he is somebody that will fill a role. He plays it energetically. He plays it smartly. He knows how to work with these guys. Um, The things that Wenyan does, I think, well, he often can do very effectively. The stuff that is lacking, I don't think is ever going to happen. But I think you maybe could do better than Wenyon, but I think you could also do worse. I, I think the 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 things that I think about that are that are perfect about Gabriel, if you're going to go in that direction, is um, we I think we talked about this on Monday's show with Jackson Hayes as your current backup center. I think the the kind of the balance that you need from that is a guy who is predictable. You need to know what you are getting more or less with the player that you bring into a company, Hayes, because the problem with Hayes isn't that he doesn't have upside. It's that, A, he might not pan out because he hasn't in four years in New Orleans, but also just night to night, you don't know what you're going to get. So for 20 games that you, know, that you need him, you know, when Anthony Davis is probably out, you want as a coach some predictability. And the Lakers certainly know exactly how to use Wenyan Gabriel 
at the at his most effective, you know. And so, in that sense, I don't mind it at all. Like the, uh, I think they can do better, and I would like to get you know, them to get somebody a little bit bigger. But they could do worse. But they could do worse because, at the least, Darvin Ham and the coaching staff can look at Wenyan Gabriel, put him on the floor at any time. It doesn't matter. Wenyan could sit for nine games in a row. Put him on the game for the tenth yeah. one, and he's going to play exactly like Wenyan Gabriel always does. And so, I, he's not my first choice. But if that's where it ends up, I, I, I think they could do worse. I agree with you. Other familiar faces include uh, 2020 um, sort of secret weapon. Dwight Howard. Five. No. Oh, no. Okay. No. Dwight, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Dwight <laughs> is not on my list. Sorry. Dwight I Howard agree. is not an option. No. Uh, Markeith Morris. He, memory serves. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Did not, not coming off a great year. No, no, and actually wasn't great his second year with the Lakers. Again, the the I will say the roster is a bit set up more now, like the, his first stint with the Lakers when he came in as a buyout right. guy, and actually I thought played pretty, pretty well, well, particularly in the playoffs. I wouldn't be wild about it. Not excited. Lower. Not excited. Uh, Montrez yep. Harrell? No, not an <laughs> option. Um, and then Tristan Thompson. Acknowledging he had a surprisingly good stint in that last game uh, in the series against the Nuggets, little under 10 minutes, but pretty productive. It was the ultimate small sample size because forget just the time he played with the Lakers. He played, he played less than 900 minutes in the 2021-22 season, which for those who can't do the math off the top of their head, 900 minutes ain't a lot over the no, course of a season. It's not. He would be great in the locker room if the backup to AD right, was, was somebody was more proven right. than Hayes. Proven. Not playable. Playable is the wrong word. Proven is no, the right word. More proven. Uh, yeah. Then I, I actually playable. think – Yeah. I wouldn't be wild. About I can't. No, I, no. I mean, I want that to be a good idea. And I so feel like, I, you know, but I mean, I literally, this, the one thing that I mean, people are like are forgetting, like Dwight is, you know, you, you know, I, I yelled out Dwight for fun. Dwight's 37 years old and like can't even, you know, there's like his Taiwanese team is getting on him for not playing at a high enough level right now. Um, Tristan Thompson is only 32. <laughs> So and and turned thirty two in March. So he's like a young thirty two. So like he's not as old as you think. So the idea that he, from an age standpoint, is automatically washed up, mm, um, you know, isn't necessarily true. But I I would have need to see a little. If like if you could tell me he could be like a replacement level guy, I'd say sign him up instantly. But I think that actually might be a stretch. Tell me about these new names. So I'm very excited about the new ones. Let's do that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and it is time to take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet and bonus bets, up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. And you can bet everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first run in a game. And if you're looking ahead, FanDuel has odds on the MVP, Cy Young, World Series winner, and for Laker fans who also love the blue, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, and the Dodgers are respectively among the leaders in those categories. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, 
Super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $200 up to it in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of M- Major League Baseball. All right, uh, we'll get to the summer league here in, in a few minutes, but this is, I think, actually a little bit uh, of a more pressing issue for the Lakers. Um, new faces, Andy, that the, the Lakers might want to look at in that 14th roster spot to serve as a potential backup center. This is a list that will include both power forwards and centers, guys who've been used as both. Um, Christian Wood, he is... This, this awful, one fascinates me. He is awful defensively. Like, there is no way to sugarcoat this and there has to be a red flag of some type when a guy with his scoring talents can't get any team he's played for to invest in and they all say thanks but no thanks but at a veteran's minimum which is the only way the lakers could get him i'd argue he's too good to pass up i the thing about this is predictability and some of the predictability with Christian Wood is really bad. Like, but you can plan for it. Then here's the thing: when Anthony Davis, like, there is one name on the list, and I'm sure he's on the list that you'll get to him. That where this does not hold true. But broadly, when Anthony Davis isn't available for the Lakers or isn't in the game, the Lakers' rim protection is going to get shoddy. Uh, by the way, if people can hear it, it's Fourth of July in Los Angeles. The fireworks are starting um, in my neighborhood. So um, I, I think there's something to be said for, you know what, let's just YOLO lean into this um, where Wood, you know, we're just, when the game's AD misses, Wood is going to be like in the middle there and we're just going to have to plan for it and score a ton of points. But he can help us with that. Well, you know what he'd be? Um, he'd and be Thomas Bryant in that situation. He is Thomas bit. Bryant. Thomas Bryant's probably a better defender than Christian Wood. He is, but I he's not good. It, is my he's point. not good, but he's better, and he's but he's not the offensive player that Wood is either. And there, the other argument to this is that Wood with Anthony Davis provides the Lakers with an element that they really haven't had in a little while in terms of a you know he's a very talented offensive player and a good shooter mid range. You could the the offensive options that you could have if you could get him at a minimum. I think you and he's just sitting around right now waiting for somebody to offer more than that. Um, I I think you could you could you have to do it. I think you'd have to do it. He's somebody who's my first choice that's above him, but I think you'd have to do it. I just realized too that I had left out one familiar face. Obamba still out there. Has well, I thought you were putting him in a different category. No, no, no. He uh, I just had him misplaced on my list. Um, he is. Still linked to the Lakers in this place. And womp womp. Um, I did not realize this, uh, but the great Eric Pincus cap expert uh, pointed this out on Twitter. And this is really interesting. Even though the Lakers didn't guarantee Mo Bamba's last contract, and that's why he's a free agent, if they brought him back, they would still have his early bird rights. Which I was not aware of, but no, but it could be that could be useful because most of these guys that you sign to minimum deals, if they play well, you they, you can't keep them, you right? No avenue so to keep them. That that's interesting. I mean, look, Bamba did not play once the Lakers acquired him. You know, he was hurt most of that time, and there simply wasn't enough time to try to integrate him. Now, while the Lakers were scrambling to 
make sure they at minimum made the play in. He's been really inconsistent over the course of his career. There are some skills there. Um, he's he would be in my I'm interested call. I would I would be fine with that. I think what you're talking about with with Bamba is a slightly more souped up version in terms of like the predictability, the reliability of of uh, Hayes. He's got a better track record than Hayes um, in in the NBA, and I think you have a better idea of what you're getting. Um, and at, at the very least, if you have two of those guys, you can kind of hope one of them hits. And I, I, I think I think Bamba actually is a guy that they are waiting on. Um, there's no rush, by the way, to any of this. All these guys, the Lakers can only offer a minimum. All the play, Everybody knows that. Everybody knows the role the Lakers can give, which is actually a pretty good one, potentially, uh, for one of these guys trying to reestablish value. Um, and if it ends up Bamba, I think that would be a conclusion that I, th- I would be cool with. But I also think, more importantly, the Lakers would be cool with. And so... Um, I, I think from an odd standpoint, that is one of the higher ones. It just remains to be seen. Would somebody give Bamba $3 million a year? Would they give him part of their, their little mid-level? I don't, you know, whoever's got that left or a full mini mid-level, whatever it might be. Um, I, I, Bamba's really high on my list of guys they could go with. Uh, next on my list, Bismack Biombo. Compared to some of the guys I'm going to list off later, you could do worse than Biombo. Good defensive presence, plays hard, will rebound, can't do anything offensively but dunk. I mean, not a damn thing. Literally but, nothing else. But, you know, if you give him the ball around the rim, assuming he catches it, he can throw it down. <laughs> um, and, again, he's, he's experienced. He's predictable. An argument can be made for him as your top choice. And I will make it. Here's my argument for that. Because I've been thinking about this. I don't think he's the best player. You know, there's, you know, there are guys who are more dynamic. But you get a really critical piece that the Lakers could be missing in the games when Anthony Davis is out, which are going to happen. Like you just, you know, this is going to happen. You have to plan for it. Um, Bismack Biombo is an elite shot blocker. Yeah, an elite rim protector. He, like you say, he's not good at anything else. Um, he's he's not. I mean, he's not even necessarily an elite rebounder. No, um, he's fine. He's fine. But what he, but he's re- one really good skill that the Lakers don't have a lot of outside of of AD. And then I think from the the times when you play them together, there there will be situations where. I, you know, you, you'd need to figure out the spacing and figure all these things out, and it could get weird and wonky or whatever. But there could be moments when the ability to put Biombo next to a basket and let Anthony Davis kind of roam the weak side has appeal. So, as limited of a player as he is, he has one skill that is so bankable that I think you can argue that he actually could be your best option there. Again, he's in bold on my list. Um, Dario Saric. Not going to give you any defense. Love what he would give you offensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't, I would have no problem. I don't. I actually think he's going to get a little bit more than that from someone else. He may very well, but for the time being, pretty well with Oklahoma City last year. But you know, for the time being, he is uh, on the open market. I don't think the other problem with Saric is he gets hurt a lot. Yes, yes, he does. All the rest of these names, Brian, are not in bold. I'm going to rattle them off. You tell me if you disagree with me that they should be in bold. 
Willie Her- Willie Hernan Gomez. Yeah, Billy Hernan Gomez is in my on my list of like okay, like we've been sort of waiting for for that one to break out for a while. And he rebounds uh, well. That's about it. He, he, he's not a terrible scorer. He's actually I think he's a pretty good free throw shooter. Um, but it's just this for a guy who seems awfully skilled. Hernan Gomez has had has just never been able to really consistently break into a rotation when he plays. He tends to put up decent numbers, you know, as a rebounder, as a scorer, you know, and all that. He's not a bad fantasy player like when he gets right. minutes, but I am suspicious of people who've been around and just can't establish any kind of value. Um, he, he wouldn't be the worst. I wouldn't be my first. He's at the top of my not in bold list, so there you have it. Serge Ibaka. Nah, nope. I feel that feels washed. Oh, I actually have next to him parentheses washed. washed but, yeah, I mean, d- due respect to to yes. Jabaka's had a phenomenal career, but yeah. Dwayne Dedman. No, same. No, problem. been on yeah. seven teams in eight seasons. There's likely a reason. <laughs> Bob Boban. Yes, <laughs> no. absolutely. No. Boban is a fun concept. He's not really a useful player. I I know, but I'm willing to make an exception. No. You can't express all this worry about Jackson Hayes. And then sign Okay. Right. That's fair. So intellectual Uh, consistency is warranted. I understand. Nerlens Noel, who shockingly not 30. Sure. He's not 30. (laughs) I mean, I got the same same problems with availability, injury, whatever. But you know what you're getting. I guess I would. I'd be disappointed if that's the guy brought in. I I get it. I wouldn't say the Lakers did not a my, bad not job. Not first on the list, but he does satisfy my "you know what you're getting" criteria. I guess. Uh, I mean, what you're getting isn't very good necessarily. Omer Yurt seven. Is he no. a free? Is he free agent? I believe. I thought he's a Miami free agent. had held on to him. I maybe I'm wrong. I thought he's a free agent. He could be. I I mean, too is my, a little speculative. My answer is no seven, either way. Your seven so. had some really good games with Miami um, last I year. I think he's too inexperienced. You can't right. worry I, about that, Hayes' inexperience and then bring him exactly. in. Exactly. I think Again, that's assuming correct. he's even available. Yeah. <laughs> Taj Gibson. No, I mean I'm retracting my Nerlens Noel. I'm 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 not doing that. No. Uh trying to until all those other guys are gone. I think that was fairly clear, but it's like yeah, no, I'm 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 I re- I recant. Trendon Watford, no. Undersized, not a very good defender. Um, I mean, he's not a terrible player. If I needed another power forward, okay, but. Then Frank Kaminsky, Myers Leonard. I mean, like, no. Yeah. Uh, so, again, like, there's, it's not that there are no good options out there, but Laker fans should be prepared for the idea of whoever they bring in, unless it's somebody way off the board, like from overseas or whatever. Just temper your expectations right. because whoever it is, they're going to be flawed in multiple mm-hmm. ways. Hopefully just their flaws can be offset by, as you've emphasized a lot, and I think it's true, predictability strength, in some ways. A certain strength. I mean, again, that's why I like Biombo. He's, you know, he's elite at one thing, and you know what you get. But we'll see. I mean, there are, some of those names I think could – fit the bill and it is important it's not just when anthony davis is gone although that's really really important consideration you do want somebody who could play next to him as well uh and that's why the wood thing is really intriguing because that what that could look like um all right let's uh let's let's do a quick recap of monday's summer league game some of the stuff that that came up a little quick reaction max christie jalen hood shafino uh cole swider 
um, play, you know, got a lot of shots up in that game. So that's that's next. So, Andy, with summer league games, you and I have both been around long enough to understand that the final score is not that necessarily that important, although the Lakers are defending their California Classic Championship. Let's not poo-poo that. Um, and box scores aren't even necessarily the most important thing. Players are working on all kinds of things. They're given directives to do all kinds of things over the course of these games. But there are certain things that you do want to see, and one of them is the performance of second-year players. You want guys who are in the league for the second season to look like they are better than the other guys that they are playing against. And that was the criteria that you would put up for Max Christie in Monday's summer league opener. How do you think he did? I thought he looked really good. He looked really confident while he was out there. He was often taking charge of the team, like starting sets. He'd be calling his own number, looking to set up other guys. He finished with 17, 6, and 4 plus a steal. He was 6-11 from the field, 4-4 from the line. He had a couple baskets finishing in traffic, a really good steal on a backdoor pass to uh, Jaquez. Uh, he had a, uh, there was a great sequence Jaquez with... awesome, by the way. Yes, he did. Jaquez looked quite good. Uh, but he's also, he's, he's, what, is he 22 or 23? He's an 22 or 20. Rookie. Yeah, and he's, you know, for, he's a lottery or a first-round pick. He, he should be good, but he did look good. Um, there was a great play where he had a defensive rebound, and then he threw like a three-quarter length pass to hit Castleman transition for a layup. Um, he also, and this was something that uh, Kobe Price noted in his write-up for the OC Register, A, Christie put on about 10 to 15 pounds from last summer league. He's, and up, you can he's see, up around like 205 now. Yeah, and you can see it. Like he looks bigger. He looks stronger. And uh, Christie also said in this piece, and this was something or you and I've talked about before in the summer league where last year, which frankly, he looked awful. He said he was quite sped up and just he was really just kind of all nerves. And now with an NBA year under his belt, he just everything just felt under control for him. And you could see it out there. Like, I, I thought he looked great. And it's. It is really, I agree with you. Um, you know, it was a really strong early performance. And it's just like certain guys look like they're they're at a little bit of a different level because they they have the experience. Um, some of it is age. You know, again, like Hakez, you would want to play well, not just first rounder, but older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that matters in summer league. Um, but, you know, he's not older, uh, you know, so... That it, it was it was a really nice early performance, very much in command. Clearly, the best player on the floor for the Lakers, and so that was. I would say, um, other than maybe Hakez, best player on the floor. Yeah. Um, so, other performances, you know, once you get past Christie, uh, that was really positive. I think the next guy everybody was looking at was Jalen Hood Shafino. Box score didn't look good um, from a shooting standpoint. Certainly better in the second half than the first, but still not great overall. Your early thoughts of Hood Shafino? I uh, like that he got better as the game went along. Um, he finished six of 19 from the field, but it was after, I believe, a one of nine start. Mm-hmm. So, again, he started picking up. And it felt too to me, like, you know, we just talked about Christy, you know, being dealing with some nerves, you know, first professional game. It felt to me like Hood Shafino was actually getting to his spots, but the shots just weren't falling. Um, I'm curious to see how he looks tonight. 
and see if like maybe some nerves are out of the way. You can tell he's strong. Like he he had a really good weak side block. There was another possession where he muscled his way to the rim. He, it was the finish was wild. It was way off, but he was using that frame well, and he looked he looked under control. Like I don't I don't think he looked sped up. He may have been nervous, but he looked to me like he was actually getting to where he wanted to on the floor. I agree. I mean, I think it is harder for young guards than it is for other players. Um, you know, he talked about this a little bit after the game. It's, you know, finding the right pace, finding the right spacing. You know, you're doing, you know, Christie's got the ball out. You're, you know, these guys have been together for a solid two hours. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see anything that makes me freak out. Like, you're like, oh, gosh, what did the Lakers do? And, it, you know, I don't react to bad performances in, in summer league. Um, unless you're a second year guy, um, in which case I do. But I think it's fine. Um, I, you know, I, you can see what the Lakers like in him. You can see. I mean, a couple of people pointed this out as well. Defensively, I think he struggled a little bit more than I than I, I thought. But again, you're at a different level. You're playing with different players. You're not quite sure where the help is coming from or what. You know, which and you know, you're not totally in practice. So I. It would have been better for Lakers fans sort of mentally if, if Huchifino came out of the gate with like just phenomenal performance. You feel better, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was You know what? Fun. It's interesting. Like I, I was reading this piece from Price, and he noted that second year guys don't always end up playing the full slate. With that in mind, it wouldn't shock me if Christie didn't. And frankly, I think it'd be better for Huchifino if Christie didn't mm-hmm. play the last two or three games because. While while Huchifino obviously needs to learn how to play off the ball to get minutes on the big team, I think it will help him get more into his rhythm if he has the ball more. And with Christie out there, that's automatically going to put a cap on how much he'll have the ball. So yeah, it'd be helpful. I, I thought the last thing that I thought was interesting was uh, Cole Swider's box score three of nine overall, but all three of his makes were from three point range. Um, second year player. Um, you know, with the Lakers in terms of the two ways. And the only thing that really matters with him is can he hold up defensively and can he hit enough three-pointers to crack an NBA roster? Three of six from downtown. It's the, the, that's the part of the box score I'm always going to be looking at with him. Yeah, he had, he had a couple decent possessions defensively too. Uh, Castlin, I thought, made a couple uh, really nice plays. He's a, and- he's a, he's a, he picked up six fouls in like 15 minutes because he was trying to defend, I thought, everything. You know, like the who was it that had the dunk? It was is Hawkes who had the dunk. Hawkes yammed on him, but he right. challenged it. But he challenged it. That's the you know, yeah. like the poster only happens because somebody tries to challenge the play. And what I thought really stuck out with Castleton to me was his his ball movement. Like he's a, he's very clearly a smart player. But I mentioned the age thing before, Andy. Would you agree? Like you would want him to look pretty good. He's I think twenty two or twenty. He's older than most of these guys. Yeah, he had a he had a nice dribble handoff sequence with Max Christie that led to Christie getting a bucket. But he was part of that two man action. And then I guess the last impression I had watching these guys, Maxwell Lewis had a play where he pumped fake from close to the top of the arc and got to the rim in like seemingly two steps. I was like, this dude's strides Very are fluid. long. Very fluid. <laughs> long. And I'm correct. Castleton is 23. So you would expect him to play well and look sort of a, a level above, at least intellectually, yeah. um, on the floor. I, but 
Huchifino, it's a bonus if he comes in. With the way the rotation is set now, it's a bonus if he comes in and, and gives you minutes with the, the regular team consistently. It, Maxwell Lewis would be a, an amazing bonus or something's gone horribly wrong. Castleton, at least, the way the roster is set up currently, you can look at it and say, like, there's an avenue where the Lakers might need him to play 10 or 15 games or whatever you know the allotment is. And so for him... He looks a little bit like a guy who, yeah, he's going to be overmatched. He's going to be like, he will get what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think from a coaching standpoint, that can be it. Like, he's, he's going to go to the right spot on the floor. He's going to make the correct pass. Um, and I think that can matter. I, I, way too early, I think, in my mind to say, like, he can give you real minutes. But I, I think there's a, there's a blueprint there. Would you agree? Possibly. I mean, it... It's not ideal unless he's just kicking oh, no. ass. But, no. but it would be nice to know that you could perhaps put him on the floor and things don't just disastrously fall apart. Right, just saying, this is the first time I've really ever watched the guy play. So, I mean, it was like, oh, okay. He, again, it's just the mental game where like, he seems yeah. to see the floor and read it better than most rookies do. But again, he's 23 years old, so you would expect it. Um, all right, so game second game of the uh, California Classic is tonight. Uh, we'll we'll break a little bit more of that down for uh, for Thursday. But a reminder: don't freak out about any of these things in either direction. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with uh, pushing near twenty thousand subscribers to the channel, um, and uh, leave us questions, leave us comments. We want to use those for the show throughout the summer. We'll see everybody on Thursday.